G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Over this next hour, we're going to turn our attention to the big challenges around all of Australia where there's no nearby Christian church and visiting ministers of the gospel are as rare as hen's teeth. Most of us take for granted that being a Christian means we can take advantage of the services that are offered by the church. The great foundations laid by our grandparents and our great-grandparents can easily be lost when there's a breach of tradition. So losing some of those traditions like christening babies or baptisms church weddings and the words of hope that come at a Christian funeral can leave us deflated. Well, our focus is on the outback today where there are often no churches close by or a readily available minister of the gospel. Well, our special guest today is a traveling minister. Pastor Liz Howland leads Ray of Hope Ministries. She was born into a pioneering rural family raising cattle, facing floods, droughts, bushfires and slumps in the markets. And she's ready to make another expedition into remote outback communities. And Liz Howland, always love our conversations. A special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's lovely to be here. Liz, you're based in southeast Queensland and it's a couple of weeks now before you're actually attaching the caravan onto your vehicle and you'll be heading into the outback. Yes, that's correct. In a couple of weeks is when I'll be going. And you'll head off into Queensland initially. Where are you expecting to get to this time? I've really got on my heart um, far north Queensland, up into that Gulf Country area. And I just have a burden on my heart for people up in that region. Um, Christian input is far and few and far between up in those uh outback regions, they're isolated areas, little tiny country towns, you know, and people out from those towns on the land. And uh, I've come across those ones in times gone past when uh, we initially sent gift cards into those regions. This lady rang me up and to say thank you. And at the end of the conversation, she said to me, yeah, I lost my 26-year-old son seven years ago. I'll never get over it. And I was driving at the time, I'll never forget it, and I pulled over to the side of that road and for the next 20 minutes that precious lady was able to unload all of the grief that she'd bottled up uh, over those years and she had no, had no one to help her process it. But the Holy Spirit just made her feel safe and allowed her to uh, speak and unload and unpack all of that bottled up grief within in her. I feel like we're getting into the deep end early here. But when you are on the road and visiting people in outback communities, do you pick up some of those things? Uh, I'll never get over it or I'm still carrying the baggage and will forever uh, or the hurt stays with me. It's just there every day. You pick up those sorts of things in conversation and you recognize that the presence of the gospel brings freedom from some of those things. 
Absolutely. And, you know, there's just amazing things happen. And they're not always outback people, but they could be city people traveling that I meet in caravan parks or on the side of the road. Um, and they just get set free from grief that they've had for, say, 20, 25 years, things they could not believe they could ever get over. Over the tow bar of a truck uh, one day, this man opened up and said how he'd seen his brother blown up in a roadside uh, accident mm. and how he never got over that. And over that tow bar, he began to weep. And I was able to thoroughly, completely pray that grief off that precious man. He went on his way a different person. Wow. Hey, I've framed our conversation today around the thought that there's something missing in the outback. And perhaps it's missing wherever you might be, but uh, let's talk uh, through these sorts of things. What's missing in the outback? And I've framed it around the lines of there are people who are perhaps living on remote properties or they're in little towns where there's no minister. Maybe there's the remnants of a church, uh, but usually uh, a lot of people who are living in outback communities, they're a long way away from the nearest church. What is missing? If I, you know, when that when I mention that to you, what comes to mind for you, Liz? What is missing, I feel, is um, spiritual input, godly input that we took for granted in past generations, where Christianity was the centre in in homes. It was the heart of the grandparents and the parents and the children. They saw their parents live out uh, Christian values in their homes. But there's a whole couple of generations that have not had that. And I call them clean skins. They've never seen any need for God. They don't um, really necessarily, they think their life's going along really well. But we're coming into a season, I believe, where God is uh, showing himself real because of our prayer right across our nation. There's many people that have got questions in their hearts there concerned about all number of things that they can do nothing about and I believe there's an openness out there for hearts to turn towards God and walk in his ways. I mentioned in our introduction uh, the parents, the grandparents, you might even say the great grandparents who had a certain form of resilience to their pioneering spirit that enabled them to face all of the challenges that happen on the land. And given our understanding of our history, the Christian foundation that was there when people were exposed to the Bible in earlier generations, the stories that they absorbed and that they read of the hardships that people faced in biblical times and all those Old Testament stories, something resilient begins to happen in the human spirit. But if you're detached from the Bible, you're missing out on some of the resilience that comes from those biblical stories. Absolutely. Um, there's a God-shaped void in the center, in the right in the very center of our being that only God can fill. And it's just an amazing thing when you just sow some seeds of how God met you in a situation and what he's done for you and in you. Um and it's not uh, in a confronting way, but it's in a testimonial way that people can really take hold of that. They don't feel threatened by it. They don't feel resistant to it. But when you say, this is how God met me, how he came when I was in my deepest, darkest pit, and he showed me the way through, it's something they want to hear about. 
Sometimes we'll reflect on country towns and people in country towns will know that there are churches in the middle of their country towns. Now, that might be different to some of the outback communities and places that are isolated out on properties and places like that, but there was something very spiritual about early Australian life, and we can trace that back to 19th century Governor Burke and his uh, his aspiration to have those churches that were built in country towns because that was a sense of not only just social fellowship but social cohesion that happened around those churches and that came around biblical foundations. Absolutely and it's um, I see all these beautiful little churches all over um, that are just sitting there doing nothing but I believe we're going to come into a time when there are going to be meaningful church services, alive church services, services that bring hope and give people something to take away with them for their week. I'm really believing that I will be speaking in some of these little churches in these country towns. Now let's talk about some of the things missing in some country church life. Uh, in outback Australia, this great big wide sunburnt land where not everybody lives in a town, some living out of town and sometimes a long way from a church. Some of these traditions we're talking about, and I mentioned things like christening babies, and depending on your denomination you might call that a, a baby dedication, but this is one of those areas. Uh, if you have children, if you have babies, somehow or other you want to dedicate them to God, uh, you sort of need a minister around. Maybe you could do that on your own, but you need someone like a Liz Howland to arrive. Well, I really love doing baby uh, dedication slash baptisms. I really love it. And often they'll be done in a setting where the parents invite the entire district or all of their friends. And we have a, a lovely um, non-denominational church service under a tree or on a veranda and there might be more than one or two children. There might be several that will take advantage of that time whilst I'm there. And then it doesn't end there. We have the service, the baby's dedicated, and then everyone brings their esky. And uh, they will bring something towards lunch. They have a few drinks in their esky. And some of them are still there at dark because that's the place of fellowship. And they really, really enjoy that. It's a, a great way... Um, for people to get together. It's more than an opportunity for a family gathering, isn't it? Not only does it create uh, memories, lifelong memories for some, because they gathered for a baby dedication or a christening, mm. uh, but there's something spiritual that happens in those times as well, because this child who is dedicated to God carries this with them through their life. Sometimes we underestimate the spirituality around a baby dedication. Yes, and especially I see it over and over again. The presence of God just turns up and comes over this gathering, like often out in the open, under a shady tree, on a veranda, um, and the presence of God is just brooding there the whole time. It's, it's touching the ones right at the back that... Uh, for whatever reason, are shy and don't want to come into the circle. But the Holy Spirit just meets every single person in that gathering and just touches them where they're at. And when you say non-denominational, some might say, how do you do the non-denominational thing? Don't you have to have someone wearing robes and a collar and all sorts of things like that? But I imagine that 
Liz, you can open the Bible and say this is what happened when you know Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to be dedicated to God or uh, some of those Old Testament stories of dedication to the Lord. You come back to the Bible and you do away with all the denominational tags. Yes, and I've never been a fan of denominational tags. I don't believe God knows anything about them and I believe they're man-made and they've divided more than they've united. And so... That's my heart and that's the position in which I go because often people will hide behind a denominational label, say, well, I'm a Catholic and I'm an Anglican or I'm something else. But God never, ever knew that we'd segregated into all these different groups. We were his children and so we still are. And I guess you could even uh, make reference to, I think it's John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer for unity. And there is a sense in which, as a traveling minister of the gospel, you're always aware of that because you have your own denominational shaping, but you're coming across people who maybe they don't even go to church at all, but they can remember when they were christened into the Anglican church or the Catholic church, or you get to meet people and you find out something about their own past, and often there's a Christian connection. Very much so. The Christian connections are often there, deeply rooted, back even, you know, to, as we said, the grandparents. And it's a wonderful opportunity uh, for people. I'll never forget what a lady said to me in an outback town one day. She said, Liz turns up here and she said, um, even when you don't think that you have a need, after talking to Liz, you find you do. And that's has stuck with me all those years and I know that it's never in vain that when the word goes forth, it does what it was sent to do. It pierces between soul and spirit. The love of God is shed abroad through me to people. And he does the work. The Holy Spirit does the work. I remember a wise old pastor said to me once <clears throat> when uh, he was the pastoral care minister in a church I was a part of. And uh, he said, Neil, when you're doing a pastoral visit, Never assume that everything is good. There'll always be an issue where you can bring the presence of the Lord into that situation. And I can I can just see you now, Liz, uh, bringing out the best in people or bringing out something that someone's you're just very disarming. And I know listeners will be able to hear that too. And people will be able to share some things with you. And and in the knowledge that you're able to bring the presence of God into their circumstance, that is that's just a treasure. And and to bring hope. There's never been a greater need in our nation than for people to be um, introduced to the hope which is in Christ Jesus. And hope is so... Everyone's looking for hope and they're looking for peace. And so being privileged to be their confidant is something I hold very close to my heart. I'm like a vault with their uh, things that they share and they know that and they just unload and prayer just brings forth everything that needs to come out, like grief, like uh, shame, like regret. Um, people, you know, they they hide things. Everything's hidden. But when you just turn up and you see everything like it is, it hasn't been specifically uh, organized to give a good impression, but you turn up and you see what's really going on in that family that day, that's where... The presence of God can do his work best. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. 
Our talkback line is open. You might like to join in our conversation today. 1-800-316-316. If you're living in the outback and you're in one of those towns where maybe there's a church building but there's no pastor and this is a fairly frequently experienced thing where there's not as many pastors who are in the outback. Sometimes they're visiting for whatever reason but you might have your own reflection on when you went to a baby christening, you don't don't really have those without a pastor, usually. Uh, did you ever have to face a funeral without a minister of the gospel present? Uh, what was your feeling when that happened? Uh, let us know. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might even been contemplating marriage and thought, where am I going to get some pre-marriage counselling, I'd like to talk to someone face-to-face, hey, there's no pastor available. 1-800-316-316, Pastor Liz Howland is our guest. She leads Ray of Hope Ministries on her way back into the Outback in a couple of weeks' time, lizhowland.com to connect with Liz. And I'm sure, Liz, uh, you don't mind if someone wants to see if they can set up a time when you can drop in and see them, but lizhowland.com. Liz, let's talk about the funerals because you've done lots of Outback funerals. You've been Liz Howland on the spot many a time. What's the feeling when you're at an Outback funeral? Well, this might be a very strange thing to some listeners, Neil, but I love doing funerals because I see a a sea of grieving um, people that are trying to make sense of some things that have happened. Sometimes it's a young life. I did one funeral that was 300 sobbing young people because their friend had died. He choked on um, alcohol and um, his life cut short. And... It's a perfect opportunity for the love of God to flow in and touch the people involved. Mainly, the funerals I do are by word of mouth. I have had people fly me um, to do a big funeral up in North Queensland. Uh, This wonderful woman passed away. But the presence of God in that funeral, a lot of rural people never think much about their own mortality. They're too busy living life, and if they're young, they think they're never going to die. I suppose that's most most young people. You know, their time's not yet about to come. But um, in that, in that uh, setting of um, a funeral, people, that's one of the few times they would be in a church service or in a Christian service. And when, they, when you share with them, the actual message of salvation weaved in amongst everything else regarding the person that's funeral it is, uh, it's a very powerful thing and uh, it touches the lives. And I did that in a funeral late last year and the same volume of voice that sang Amazing Grace was the same volume of voice that um, invited Jesus into their heart. Not in a blind prayer, but I explained to them first what that would mean. And that was overwhelming for me. I just was so grateful to be the person that God used for that particular situation. And when you say you love funerals, it doesn't mean that you've got the 300 people there and they're grieving and wailing and and uh, tearful uh, and you're the one who's smiling up the front saying, hey, aren't we having a nice party? That's not what you no. mean by that. What you no. mean by that is God has graciously given you an opportunity to be able to speak hope into the lives of people who right now in this moment 
are experiencing the grief and the sorrow that comes from this mortality that we have, that one day we will all die. And we need to know what hope goes beyond our death. And uh, that's where the... That's where the joy of the Lord seems to come into the funeral setting. That's absolutely right. It's it's the um, offering to be of help to these ones. And I will stay around for um, several days if there's people who want to come and um, speak to me to um, just hang around town and uh, they can just come and have a conversation. They can have prayer. It's more about being able to take to offer the love of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit to those ones that are in grief. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Una, who is in Hobart, Tasmania. Hello, Una. Welcome. Oh, hi. How are you? Very good. What are your thoughts? That's good. Um, I don't particularly come from an outback um, place, but... um, I have two children and I desperately want them to be um, dedicated to the Lord. I can't really bring myself to ask my pastor for some reason and um, they've never brought it up. My eldest is three and my my youngest is um, about two months old. Um, And I don't know if there's an age limit to when you do dedicate a child or christen a child and I just wanted to ask. Una, wonderful insight here that you are bringing into the fact that a lot of churches don't talk about this the way we ought to, and it does affect a whole life. Liz, what are you feeling when you hear from Una? What's your thought? Well, firstly, I do feel saddened that the opportunity isn't there for you in your local uh, area to um, dedicate your children because it's very much on your heart. And... um, I would. Uh, my heart is. Oh, I wish there was some way that I could. Um, I don't know how, but lead you over FaceTime or something to dedicate your little ones to the Lord, and uh, send you a, a certificate of dedication in the mail. I would. I would love to do that. I don't know how we could do it, but it'd be something I'd love to look at. And, you know, Una, uh, dedications sometimes can happen in church or they can happen at a family gathering. So, uh, and even as Liz is saying, you can do this under the tree uh, in the backyard. Uh, So the thought that, uh, you know, you can make this happen, if it's your decision to do that, you might like to run that by the pastor in your church because I'm sure they'd be thrilled, actually, if you thought, uh, if you went to them and said, uh, I'd like my children dedicated. So far as ages go, ages, ages, ages no barrier no, here. It uh, you no. can you can dedicate your children, you know, up until they're adults. Mm. Is that helpful, Una? Okay. Oh, it's extremely helpful. Thank you so much. I actually feel relieved. Oh, that's <laughs> and wonderful. Thank you, Liz, for, thank you, Liz, for suggesting the Facebook uh, or the FaceTime um, scenario. That's that's wonderful. I'm glad you feel relieved. Una, you keep in touch with Liz. I'm sure she'd love to follow through and see how that all goes for you. Una in Hobart, thank you so much for your call. Taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Penny is in Jeeveston in Tasmania. Hi, Penny. Hello, Neil. Hello, Liz. Hello. How are you? Good. It's a little while since we've heard from you, Penny. What are your thoughts? Um... My my thoughts are that I've enjoyed your conversation very much, and I'm 
uh, one who's been in the very outback like you're in and on big stations and um, would love to be to travel with you one day and and go back into the outback again. I love those people. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. Yeah. I think Lisa's going to have to divert and go to Tasmania <laughs> at some point because uh, a couple oh. of calls here coming from Tassie. How lovely, how wonderful. <laughs> you can see this just, you know, doesn't matter where you are in Australia, but we love you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Penny in Jeeveston. The sort of thought that comes to mind as Penny's sharing that is that isolation, it particularly happens in the context we're talking about today, outback communities. Uh, even when we heard from Una, you know, isolation, you can feel isolated even when you are a part of a local church and you're not sure what the tradition is supposed to be. And, you know, I, I can hear you talking about this, but this doesn't happen for me. Somehow or other, you've got to make it happen, haven't you? Yes, you've got to step out, step out and just uh, make the inquiry and... Uh, there's a lot of great local churches in larger towns and cities that would be so happy to dedicate or slash baptize your child. And so that's available to you, and it's about finding one that you're comfortable with. Thanks, Penny. Just let's not go from funerals too quickly, and just a, a minute or two up until news. When you're at the funeral and everyone is in grief, you said the same volume when they were singing Amazing Grace to when everyone there was responding to an opportunity that you created to connect with the God of creation who was right there in the midst. That's a powerful thing, Liz. It was such a profound morning. I'm still not, I don't have a full grasp of the bigness of that, but all I know is that it was God, it was the Holy Spirit, and it was the Lord filling my mouth in a way that was understandable and comprehensible to a broad group of unchurched uh, country people. And you're about to head off on another expedition. You'll be setting off into the Queensland outback, and I think you mentioned up into Gulf, the Gulf country uh, near the Gulf of Carpentaria. Uh, listeners in that neck of the woods, and there are lots of people listening up that way. Can they connect with you? And they can can they say, "Hey, Liz, drop in on us when you when you're in our community." If they would like that, absolutely. Um, you can also email me at lizhowland seven at gmail dot com. And you can connect with Liz through her website, lizhowland.com. Liz, you're getting ready to travel into the outback and you have a four-wheel drive vehicle and you've got a caravan on the back. But you just shared with me while the news is on, you're not great at backing a caravan. Tell us what happens when you're arriving in some of these communities. Well, yes, Neil, I always look for the exit before I go into a service station or any situation, really. How can I get out? How can I drive through without too much trauma? But usually in the caravan parks, as I come in and I'm being taken to my site, I've already told the manager that I don't back well. Um, but very often it's just astonishing because, you see, all these blokes come out of the woodwork. They see me lining everything up <laughs> yep. and they come out and they want to help. Um, I think they're thinking, oh, she's going to take the side out of my van. <laughs> so they rush over and they help me. And, you know, that opens up for some really good conversations in the days 
following and um, much open doors come in caravan parks from the people I meet there. You never know what will be happening when you're helping someone and you might be helping Liz Howland when you are next in a caravan park situation. You mentioned when you're at the service station too and truck stops out in outback communities. These are often places where you leave some resources. Give us some insight here into what happens at truck stops. Well, this is my heart at the very deepest level is to be able to reach the men of our nation and to see them um, step into their rightful roles as the head of their homes and the heads of their families. And many of them, many men in Australia, they've never had any um, help or illumination into these areas. Um, I had a very dear friend who passed away a couple of years ago, Ian Watto Watson, and his books and I have him speaking on USB and uh, CDs I can just put them into the hands of men and they can listen on their long-distance drives or the families can listen together in the car, just Watto in a very conversational way talking to the hearts of men. I find them an amazing resource. So in the light of that, I have roadhouses, um, pubs, service stations and men's camps where I sow these resources for the men to pick up of their own free will. So many listeners will remember Ian Watto Watson because he was a regular on Vision here. And uh, what an incredible legacy he has left by realising that he could write books in the same tone that he would speak and that men would relate to those. And I'm sure that he you know, knew time was short at various points and uh, recognised that the legacy he could leave would be telling his stories in those books. And as you say, Liz, and the feedback that you get from people who have gone and read those books, it's amazing. He has a wonderful way of speaking into the lives of people. Yes, he does. And uh, even in hotels, I forgot to say that um, in the outback pubs, we have little lending library tables but what those are words I've had men um, just random people tradies that I've come across that I've handed his resources to and had a phone call from them a few weeks later saying Liz I just want to say thank you for that book you gave me that I've just got so many pearls of wisdom so many nuggets of gold out of the the book what books and well- We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Betty in Kalgoorlie in WA. Hi, Betty. Good morning. Betty, what are your thoughts? Uh, This is about funerals. Yes. Yeah, um, I agree. I fully agree with with the guest speaker today because I've been through it three times. God was so graciously and his whole family. It is very powerful when it's your own funeral. The last one was my son. And um, he was at my sister's funeral and he heard the message of salvation. And um, he wasn't saved that time. And a month before he's, he died, he said, Mom, the message of salvation that you brought at Auntie Rita's funeral in Bruce Rock, it needs to get out there. And I say, yeah. And I was like, I was brushing him off because typical me think, oh, you're not, you don't, you don't like me talking about Jesus and um, why are you talking about this? And we were both cooking in the kitchen and he keep on. And I said, John, you don't even know what you're asking. 
We say, Mom, I have a lot of friends living on the knife edge in the fast lane, and I know. You don't know. I was saved at that day, very time that at Christmas. Betty, that is amazing. And this is what happens at a funeral Mm. when you have a Christian minister presiding and they are conscious that in a moment like this, when people are aware of mortality as they are never in any other time than when they're farewelling a loved one, this is an opportunity to bring the hope of the gospel. Mm. What are your thoughts here for Betty? Well, Betty, firstly, I'm so sorry that your son predeceased you. I can't even imagine. Can I, uh, can I share what he say? And he say, "Mum, they need to hear." And I say, "I hit the table so hard." And I turn around and say, "John, you don't know what you're asking. Many Christians never, will never ask this if you persist on them hearing the message word to word." And he say, "Yes." I say, "At your funeral, you must die for them to hear the message because I don't know any of them." And a month later, he died. He, he came out outside and had a coffee and a cigarette and then went in and said, Mom, if that's the only way for my friends to hear the message, so be it at my funeral. And he died. And, you know, all these people came. It was a standing room. I don't even know them. But I, after the message, the Lord touched my heart, a message like this. You need to lead them after the service. You need to lead them to Christ. And I put, I called, I also called, standing right next to my son's coffin. I say, most of you I know hated the name Jesus, but I will tell you the truth is no Jesus, no heaven. You can walk right out of here and get hit by a truck. And you, and if you don't make it right with the Lord Jesus, you won't be in heaven. I won't stand here and say you're in a good place when I know that you're not. And they all gave their life. And you know what? I'm still leading some of them to Christ. They keep calling and asking for help. And that's and wonderful. And all. That's wonderful. And your son um, would have shared with many of those young people as well, I would imagine, before he died. But his funeral was the catalyst. And so his life wasn't in vain, was it? Yeah. yeah. Betty, you are a champion of faith, and I know that listeners will hear the passion in your voice and the importance that it was on your son's funeral for you to actually aspire to do something according to his wishes and to be able to share that and uh, wonderful things we, we might not know until eternity what happened on that day but Betty thank you so much for being a wonderful champion of faith and uh, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and uh, aspiring to fulfill your son's dying wish mm. Betty in Kalgoorlie thank you so much for your call let's take another call Sean is in Rochdale in Queensland hi Sean welcome Good morning, Neil. How are you? Very well, Sean. What are your thoughts? That's fine. Uh, my thoughts, uh, look, it's just so refreshing to hear Liz and her passion. Um, I'm also a, a Christian truck driver of all things. A bit right. strange to hear, but yeah, yes. I've actually, when I used to run up into that area that this is talking about, up into Corumba, Normanton, across to Cairns, over to Darwin, all that sort of stuff with road trains and that. And oh. thank you so much, Liz, that you've heard the call of God on your heart for that because... Um, 
even as a Christian truck driver, you just left a lot of the time to your own devices because you're a lot of time on your own. Um, roadhouses, there's all the stuff you don't want to see there. Um, yeah. Even the good roadhouses, it's just, yeah. Yes. It's just, yeah, so much pornography and all that sort of stuff. Thankfully, uh, government through the police now have jumped on the drugs really, really hard. So if you get caught with drugs now, you've lost your license for six months. So thankfully, that's dropped off a lot. But um, it's still so desperate because a lot of the time, the guys now, um, and myself included before I come to the Lord, was we, as a driver, you think, I don't believe people all the time because I get told so many lies in from my boss because he's got to get his job done. And but the always the one thing I've always found is we believe what we see. If we see somebody living something or, or they're actually doing that, it's well that you can't deny it. And and I saw Jesus doing that in the word as well. That's right, that's where I see it. Through, yep. He would literally just walk on. Yep. Until somebody called him back. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm so happy and it's just really blessed me this morning that you've called in. And uh, I just want to tell you this story about the Morven Roadhouse, which you probably know well. Yes, And um, I would just sit there and I'd see these sterile truckies that come in and they'd walk out and some of them had a limp and, you know, some, they had no hope. That's what I could see. And yes. God just moved me with compassion to be praying into this area of our nation, into the men in particular, but truckies um, as well, and which I know nothing about. All I know is they do an amazing job towing road trains and with wide loads. And I met one particular bloke who was going all the way to Daily Waters and uh, mm-hmm. I struck up a conversation. I had no clue. And I just started yarning to him and asked him what was his biggest challenge on the road these days. And he said, Tar- caravan towers. And I said, oh, wow, yes, I'm one of those. We had this beautiful conversation. There was about five other truckies with their ears flapping. They pretended they weren't listening, but they were. And um, so, and, and the outcome of that was that man went off with all of Watto Watson's books on CD and some books, and I gave him some to hand out. I knew he was a leader. I knew he was a brilliant truck driver. I could just tell. But he had so many personal problems, you know, a strange family, and that's what I care about. And so if I can be a bridge there in restoration of family, that's where my heart is. Absolutely, yes, yes. Um, with what I was, and um, I was quite blessed. Uh, I worked for what I was for about nine months, uh, about possibly about ten months before he passed away. Oh. And not only was he an exceptional man, but he's an absolutely incredible boss. Um, he had such a heart for people. Yes. It was incredible. It was so inspiring. He really touched my heart. Yep. And he really is... He really was just a down-to-earth, God-loving man, and he was just so infectious because yeah. he was real. He was, as he said, I'm fair dinkum. He sure I'm is, and he was one I of my best mates, and uh, yeah. and I honour him, but I know his legacy can live on in the truck stops and the highways and the byways of our nation. Last year, the Morven truck stop, I had occasion to go through there four times on my trips, every time the shelf that they designated to me was empty and had to be refilled, and the materials were just walking out the door. Right, yeah. Sean, it is... Yes, yes. I was going to say, I was going to thank you for your call. What Did you have something else to add? Uh, just one last quick one. I just wanted to ask Louise if she's seen the Highway Evangelist papers in the roadhouses. The what? Uh, a paper called the Highway Evangelist. 
by Transport for Christ here in Australia. No, I haven't. Okay, um, well, there's yeah, something, to, there's something to follow off, through. I drop it off at Morven. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a board member of Transport for Christ in Australia. Yeah. Um, it's an interdenominational ministry to long-distance truck drivers. And if you ever see one of those highway vehicles papers in the roadhouses, if you pick that up, um, you'll actually find my name on the back page. Yep. My phone number, Sean. Actually, I'd like to meet you before I go. Um, I'd love to glean Absolutely. from you because I'm looking... Yep. I know there's a big truck stop up near Injun where I could put some yes. things. The Morven one is uh, very much in my radar yes, all the time, yes. but there's others yeah, I know. Sean, I was going to say, why don't you connect with me too if you can send me a message and uh, you would definitely want to connect with Liz. But uh, let let me be the, I feel like the, uh, I'm the seed sower of an idea here that uh, there might be listeners right now to our conversation who could get the Highway Evangelist or some of these wonderful Ian Watto Watson resources or the word for today into roadhouses all over Australia. Somebody needs to pick that up and make that their ministry. But Sean, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, What a great insight and uh, great stories that you've got to tell there. Great connections there to Ian Watto Watson, a real inspiration. Sean, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to join in our conversation. 1-800-316-316. Liz, a couple of weeks' time, you'll be on your way again. Let's just touch on a few other areas here and we'll come back to those resources. But... These outback communities, christening babies, doing funerals, weddings are another big thing. And people are not getting married in churches today as much as they used to. They're getting married uh, with all sorts of, you know, secular uh, marriage celebrants. Mm. They're missing something which is a huge dimension, uh, that marriage is something that we understand before God, the two becoming one flesh. You can't even get sort of pre-marriage counselling if you are in some remote communities. You do a fair bit of this when you're travelling. Yes, I do. It's a passion of mine to see marriages um, start out on the right track and be rich. And a marriage without God really is not a marriage that's going to, it's going to hit all sorts of roadblocks. And um, because marriage was a Christian, um, is a Christian institution, institution, um, your two becoming one is such a powerful, powerful thing. And for young people and older people too to understand that marriage is a sacred uh, connection. Uh, It's so important that they understand the foundations of that and also problem-solving in marriage because I don't believe there is a marriage anywhere that doesn't hit a few bumps here and there. And to have the uh, capacity and the resources, which I do carry in my vehicle, to offer them, um, to train them in how to be a good husband or a good wife uh, and have rich marriages above all else, I have my car full of those kind of things and I love if, when they come up to me and ask for that kind of help and I love doing weddings under a tree in the, you know, I did one at a pub at a place called Tomb Pine which no one would have heard of, west of Quilpy, out in the dirt wow. and uh, mm. then we they, they timed it to um, fit in with a State of Origin uh, game so we had the service out in the dirt <laughs> then we all went over and we watched the... Um, oh, I think it was a grand final. We watched the 
grand final on about a 20-inch black and white um, <laughs> TV, and then we adjourned back over to the hall to have the wedding reception. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, everyone was happy. And you can do weddings, uh, but for people who are in the outback, sometimes renewing wedding vows. This is another way to reinforce the value of your marriage together. Uh, that's something that happens fairly frequently. This is a very important thing because there's so many marriages that have travelled a lot of years together. <clears throat> They've disappointed each other here and there. And, um, uh, you know, they just come to a point where they want to have a fresh start. And when they're both in agreement to the renewing of their vows, it's almost like being remarried to the same person because all of the issues that have brought them to this point can be washed into the sea of forgetfulness and they can go on in a whole new uh, journey together. Uh, We are running out of time. Uh, Coming back to resources, uh, the word for today, which so many listeners are familiar with, it's one of those things you you carry uh, by the box full. Uh, It's pretty popular when you get to hand it out. I find the word for today is the greatest tool um, in my arsenal, for want of a better word. Um, I send out 4,300 saturate small towns across Queensland and... uh, it just really reaches in. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, as we do that, we're turning, we're turning attitudes, we're changing hearts across regions, across regions, and that's what I care about. Time's nearly run out, but we've got a late call. Let's take one more, squeeze one more in. Steve is in Chinchilla in Queensland. Hi, Steve. G'day, Neil and Liz. Liz, Great to hear you're from a you. man of my own heart. Um, <laughs> I'm... I'm actually blind, but I'm. I suppose my title would be uh, a Uniting Church lay minister, which we have been for 15 years, and we love the outback. Yep. And I enjoy. I love doing funerals, yep. and I'm doing my mate's funeral on Friday because I just find it as a great place to share gospel and to connect with people that are that are lost because you hear. You go to funerals and you hear so much garbage, they need to hear the truth, but they need to hear the truth in love. In truth in love, that's the bottom line, everything, the truth in love. Love is the key. One other short thing, Liz, Um, I'm actually the guy that got Watto to do his book's audio. Oh, great. Because Watto was a mate of mine, and yep. he knew I, I, I was blind. And I said to him, so Watto, when are you going to do these as audio? And he says, I've never thought about it. He says, I'll do it for you. Isn't, and aren't they excellent? You can put them into I the hands them. of anyone, and they'll come away with and nuggets we, of gold. We, we, we do a lot of travelling up to the Territory. Well, COVID's sort of ruined that. But we've got uh, our lovely Hazel friend in Camerwheel and places like that that we stay. And mm-hmm. we put the word for the day, old word for the day we put in, in toilets and windy loos and laundries and just wherever we go, we take it. Mm, wonderful. Steve. I, I, I love doing what you're doing, Liz. Thank you. Steve, you're another champion of the faith. Well done. Keep doing what you're doing in Chinchilla. Wonderful to hear from you. Thanks so much for calling in and telling us your story. Hey, we have run out of time. To connect with Liz Howland, 
lizhowland.com, lizhowland.com. And Liz, you're heading off in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, you do, I, let me just pick up on uh, some you know, financial need here because oftentimes uh, good to refer on uh, uh, for listeners uh, how they could be supportive of you. But it's not just supporting you, but supporting people that you come across because you hand out uh, gift cards and those sorts of things. You come across people who are in need, an opportunity to be a minister in that sense of the word of uh, being a blessing into their lives and into their community. How can people support you financially? Well, thank you for that, Neil. Um, I've been doing this for 17 years. I've never, ever taken a wage or an allowance from any group or organization, and I've just traveled by faith. I've left home with $280, and God's provided for all of my needs along the way for a four-month trip. So I know the provision of God, and the support comes from people uh, who've seen the fruit of my work, the fruit of my ministry, and uh, who know me. And so I'm very, very blessed, actually, and very grateful for the support that has come through uh, Vision listeners over the years. And it's always... uh, The gift cards are just a wonderful tool. Um, I see so many needs. In the last few months, I've really particularly felt to sow into the Outback Chaplains. And um, I'd just like to say at this point, if you think that you would like to be an Outback Chaplain, there's towns available, the finances are available to employ you, and for something you think you'd like to do, have a look into it. Well, Liz might be the go-between there as to how you can get into a chaplaincy role in an Outback community. LizHowland.com is the website. And, and the bank the bank details are on my website. That's fabulous. Uh, Liz, just wonderful for you to come and share your thoughts, your insights, uh, what's going on in Outback communities. I know so many people listening in Outback communities will relate very deeply to the things you've shared. And for those who live in cities, a little bit of extra insight into what goes on when you just get in behind the Great Dividing Range or inland from the coastal cities and towns. Liz, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks so much for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.